Well, this video is uh, really designed for anybody who is becoming a leader at the church or just kind of getting into serving in a ministry and uh, we just think it'd be a helpful step for you to be a little bit more up to speed with maybe some of the things we believe and think about how ministry works here at the church. And um, so I'm going to talk about what we call ministry philosophies or leadership philosophies. And that phrase, all that really means is it's our kind of view on um, the way we tend to do things. Um, most churches you go to, most evangelical churches will have a very similar aims. They will be wanting to reach people and see them become Christians and disciple them. But often what you'll find is the difference between them might be how they do those things, the methodology and how they believe in their context uh, things work best. So I'm going to talk about some things that we've kind of disco discovered and evolved over the last 20 years really about how we uh, believe things really work well in our context in South East London. Uh, these are not necessarily the right things, uh, you know, uh, these are just things we've learned and, and we're not going to talk about everything. I want to talk about 10 uh, key approaches and what you'll find is in the Bible, the Bible is pretty silent on how you should do these things because actually they should be contextualised to the place and the time in history. So these things will change over time as well. But these are some of the things that we've learned. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is that at Kings, one of the things we believe and one of the ways we do things is that we want the church to be uh, missional. And what that means is um, if you were to kind of cut us open, you would find right at the heart of what we do is that we're trying to reach people who aren't Christians, who aren't churched, and we're trying to make it easy for people to come back to God and to encounter him. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't want to do church in such a way that people who are already Christians uh, feel at home and feel fed and can grow. It just means that we lean towards the idea of trying to reach people and we try and do church in such a way that we make it easy for someone who's not church to become part of us and to investigate faith. It is, if you like, our, our leading edge. And it means that we're often thinking as much about the people who are not in the room yet as the people who are in the room. So that's the first one and that's uh, a key one for us and it's good for you to be aware of it. Number two is um, we think, tend to think of Sundays and Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoon, uh, whatever time the service is, as being the kind of what we call the front door for the church. What that means is most of the people who come to us, uh, often their first experience will be coming on a Sunday or maybe coming to a kind of big uh, Sunday meeting event like a kind of carol service or an Easter Sunday, something like that. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't join us or find us through other means. You know, people come to Alpha or to a group or to a ministry, that happens. Um, in our house, in our family house, we have three doors. We have a, a front door and we have a back door and a side door. But most people who can visit our house come through the front door and that's what happens in the church. And the front door for us is Sundays. And most people who connect to us for the first time will come on a Sunday morning. And that just means that how we do Sundays really matters when you're trying to reach people who are not churched because uh, that's the first time they meet us. So Sundays are kind of uh, very important to us, both for the people in the room, but also making it easy uh, for those who are visiting us for the first time. So that's the second thing. The third thing I want you to be aware of that we, we kind of think is definitely true of most things actually, but certainly true of churches, is the first impressions count. What that means is that when people uh, visit a church 
any church really, um, they make up their minds pretty quick as to whether they may want to come again, maybe as to whether this uh, church could be somewhere that they might make home at some point. And they will make up their minds probably within the first minutes, five, ten minutes maybe, of what they experience and what experience tells them about this community. So uh, it's important, you know, who says hi to them on the, if they're parking their car or who's on the door and the welcome team. It's really important if someone comes to say hi to them when they find a seat. Um, all those things add up and make a massive difference. I have a friend who uh, was out of church for several years and he tells me the story. I remember the first Sunday he came to us and he will, can recount to this day, this is several years ago now, who met him on the door, who spoke to him, what happened in the meeting, what happened straight after the meeting and how that impacted him and made him want to come back. And just, it just reinforced uh, what I think is absolutely true and certainly we believe that first impressions count and so therefore we try and think carefully about what those are on a Sunday. Um, number four, um, we want to remove as many hurdles as possible for people coming to church. Uh, what I mean by that is that churches are kind of, you know, can be quite unusual places for people to visit and uh, if you are part of the church and this is home, uh, you will know how things work. You'll know what time the meeting starts. You'll know where the kids' work is. You'll know who is on the platform. You, you'll just know these things. It won't be an issue to you. But if you're not used to church and maybe you've never been here before, actually there are a whole bunch of things that basically you have no idea. And what we try to do is we are constantly trying to put ourselves in the place of someone who has never walked through our doors before and we're trying to think what that experience is like and we're trying to take away as many hurdles and potential obstacles from them as possible so that they find that their first experience for us is a really positive one. So you'll find at King's that we will do things like uh, we will stand up at the start of the morning and we'll just explain uh, how the meeting's going to work, how long it's going to be, who's going to be speaking, who's leading worship, where the kids are, where the toilets are, whether you stand up or sit down, all those things. And we try and avoid uh, in-house language, which uh, if you've been in church for a while, you may understand. But if you're new, it may immediately make you feel like you're on the outside. And so our role uh, as the leaders of the church and as church members is we want to remove the hurdles so that someone who is coming to church for the first time or maybe coming back to God or who's never experienced faith in any sense of the Christian faith, it's as easy as possible for them to feel at home amongst us because that is such an important part of the process. So we try and remove uh, the hurdles for them. Number five, this is something we learned from a friend of ours many years ago. Uh, called Steve Nicholson. Steve taught us uh, that new people will often bring new people. And obviously in a church you want everyone to be inviting, you want everyone to be on the front foot thinking about people who maybe, you know, praying for people and inviting people to church or to an event. So we want that everywhere. But the reality is that often the, the way it works most of the time is it is the new people who will then later on invite other new people. And so what that means is um, if, we are, if we do a good job at making this a really hospitable, welcoming environment where people want to stay 
whether they're Christians or not, what you'll find is there's a very good chance that they will invite other people who are not connected to us yet who will come as well. And that happens all the time here. Uh, if you meet someone who's been around for uh, two or three months and you ask them how they came, sometimes it's they just found us off the website, but often they have come because somebody who's maybe been here for a year or nine months invited them, and that's how it works. So new people bring new people. Number six. Um, we like to talk about people being on a spiritual journey. So we use the word journey a lot to help kind of describe and frame um, often how it works for people either coming to church for the first time or coming to God for the first time. And uh, the word journey, what it really means for us is that we allow people to do that at their pace. And that may be, you know, they may get involved with us or become a Christian very quickly or sometimes it could be over years. I've literally known people who have taken five, six, maybe even 10 years really to go from being right on the edge of us to coming through the faith to being part of us. And we try and allow that. So if someone wants to be anonymous, they can be anonymous. If someone wants to step in, we make it easy for them to step in. And we allow people to go on a spiritual journey. And we believe that um, in terms of joining and we believe that in terms of just you know, evangelistically and in terms of discipleship. And we read a book years ago by um, a pastor called Rick Warren called Purpose Driven Church. And he, in his book, he talks about the church as a series of concentric circles. And he says, on the, right on the outside, you've got basically your kind of, your community, people outside who've never come to church, who aren't, you know, don't have a faith, and they're there. And then the next circle in is your, what he calls the crowd, which is people who come very occasionally, who know us, maybe come on a Sunday, but might only come once every six weeks, once every eight weeks. And then as you move through, there are other, you know, some people who come more regularly, then you've got people who are committed to us, members maybe. And then right in the center, you've got what he calls the core of the church, which are your leaders, um, people who are heavily involved in ministry and right, they're right at the heart of all we do. And he just says, look, the job of the church is to move people from the outside circle through into the inner circle and you want to help people make that journey. And that's what we try to do all the time. And that means that at any given point, in any given meeting, we know really who this meeting is designed for. Sunday mornings are designed for people who are in our crowd, in our, in our congregation, in our core. Our carol services are maybe designed for people who are right out in the community who've never come to church. Our leaders' meetings are more designed for people who are more core amongst us. And we're just trying to make it easy for people to step in, step in, because as they do, we know that their journey of faith grows. And, um, and obviously when you get right into the center of everything, your job is to draw others through and invite others through from the community right through as well. So we, want, we take people on journeys. Number seven, uh, kind of con connected to that really is we talk a lot about next steps. So, any context we have, we will endeavour to offer people a next step at every moment. So on a Sunday morning, we will often say to people, if you're new, uh, you might want to fill out the Like to Know More form. And we're just saying, look, if you want to take a step into us, find a bit more, here's the easy way to do it. Uh, when people come to our carol services, we will often end the service by saying, if you enjoyed this, you're very welcome to come again on a Sunday, or you might want to consider doing the Alpha course. And it's just really saying, look, here's a step you can take because um, people often would like to take a step, but they just don't know, you know, what can I get involved in? How can I find out? 
And so we offer people just a really simple way. And if they don't want to take it, that's fine because people need to go at their pace. Um, but often we find people want to take a next step and they need someone to explain it to them. Uh, similarly, on our membership morning, we'll say to people, if you want to become a member, you know, we'll, we'll go through that process, but maybe you want to step into serving if you're not serving yet. And we just keep offering steps to people to help people on their journey. So that's number seven. Number eight. Um, this one's really about evangelism and people becoming Christians. What we have found over the years is, uh, certainly in this context at this time, that often the most effective way of people becoming Christians is through friends who are already Christians. So it's not that we don't believe people can become Christians, just, you know, God can speak to them in a dream or they can just turn up at church just because they felt they needed to come. That does happen. But most people we find become Christians because a Christian in the church has invited them to Alpha or invited them to church. And because there is friendship and relational connection, they're more anchored to staying with us so that they then go on the journey. And so friendship and relationship is critical when it comes to people making that journey of faith and kind of crossing the line of faith, really. And that's what Alpha is built on, and we found that's a very helpful uh, program for us. It's often how it works amongst our young people, that they invite their friends, and as they invite them, they, you know, they may well also become interested in spiritual things and want to find out about Jesus. And because they see it in the lives of their friends and because the relational contact really anchors them into this community. So friendship is a key part of evangelism, which is why we tend not to do so much street evangelism or door-to-door. -door. It's not that that's wrong. It's just we don't find it so effective for us. It tends to be far more about the people who are part of us, Christians, reaching out to their friends and inviting them. So that's number eight. Number nine. This one's really about community in that um, community is like a critical experience for everybody, I think, whether they're Christians or not, but certainly the church should be a rich experience of finding friends, a place where we're known and we know others. And um, churches can be tragically quite a lonely place, but we're endeavouring to make church a rich place relationally. So that means that in every context of church, whether it's Sunday mornings, whether it's um, in a serving team, whether it is uh, you know, obviously in a group, group is a kind of, you know, your kind of key moment of community, but every area of church life, uh, we want to build little expressions of community where people feel that they are known, where they can make friends, um, where they can, you know, be loved and looked after and where they can do that as well for other people and take responsibility to serve others. And that's just critical in the life of church, partly because we believe theologically it's just right, it's just the way God's made us, we've made us to be connected to others, but also because ex just experientially we, we know that community is the thing that keeps us together. So people join churches often for preaching or the worship or, you know, those kind of things that they experience, um, but they stay basically because they find friends. And that's, so community is just critical and we want to make little circles of community everywhere we operate and are as a church. Last one, number 10. Um, we believe that leadership is key in the church. Um, now, it, this one's always a little controversial because, uh, you know, if you overemphasize this, people can think it sounds like you're building a church which just depends on leaders and where's, where, you know, where's God in that whole thing. But we believe that basically God 
amazingly through the Bible uses people. We know God can just do things supernaturally without involving us at all, but generally God seems to use people to help lead other people and serve other people. And you can read that throughout the Bible. And we you know, believe biblically, theologically, that we co-labor with him. So it says in Corinthians, you know, it says, you know, I sowed the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. And that's kind of how we think of the church. Leadership is key because that's how God works things through leaders to serve lots of people. And um, the picture I like to think of when it comes to leadership is um, the picture of being like sailing a boat. Uh, if you've ever sailed on a, a sailing boat, you'll know that when you're doing that, your job is to position the boat and, and kind of position the sails in such a way to, to optimally catch the wind that is blowing. And in, in the end, in a sailing boat, you don't make the boat move. We don't make the church grow. We can't save anyone. But we know our job is to position the church in such a way and our ministries in such a way that we catch the wind of God and where God is wanting to blow and wanting to bless and wanting to reach people. And our experience is God is always wanting to do that. So our job is to, if you like, be good sailors and position this thing in such a way that we kind of catch what God is doing amongst us. So leadership is key in every ministry we run. Who's leading that ministry is a vital part. And we kind of believe that if you don't have the right leaders, it's very difficult to make that ministry successful. So there's 10. That's not everything you'll find. There's lots more about kings, but there are 10 key ones which we have found have borne fruit amongst us over the years. Hope that's helpful. Thanks for watching.